0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Run Talk SA podcast. I'm David Katz, Mr. Active, joining you once again. A very interesting topic today. I'm going to get straight to the point. I'm joined by Dr. John Patricius, one of the foremost sports physicians in the country. He's a sports medicine consultant to none other than the Kaza Chiefs, SA Rugby, Cricket SA, MTN Quebec, of course about to become the first African team to race in the Tour de France. And he also works as a concussion specialist for World Rugby. Now, Dr. Patricius, thanks for joining us. Concussion, not a common problem for runners.
1: (laughs) We hope not, David. So unless something really gets uh, goes wrong and they and they fall, but we've seen stranger things. So no, that's not something we'll be seeing a lot of in runners. Thank goodness.
0: I do want to ask you though, in relation to concussion, I had a, a incident i can't even remember maybe just over a year ago and it was a, a funny one i was by a bin throwing away something and it was actually my mom and she said no she couldn't have concussed me but she lobbed a piece of glass she found and it was the bottom of that part of it and it landed right on the top of my head and immediately it wasn't that hard but i did feel it and and i actually i know i was i felt concussed i had i had symptoms it was a very mild one but uh, i didn't do anything for two weeks because i, I had the symptoms of concussion what is What should people be doing uh, if they do somehow get concussed with some bizarre incident like happened with me in terms of your running? I mean, you're feeling a bit dizzy, you're feeling a bit nauseous for that first week. I presume you shouldn't really be exercising.
1: Quite right. I think if there's any question as to whether you're feeling okay or not, then one shouldn't Participate in, in exercise because really the only intervention we have for concussion is rest and that's both physical rest and what we call cognitive rest, you know, words, resting your brain. So it's not only a question of uh, not being physically too active, but also not stressing your brain with too much extra work. So if you've had an incident where there could have been any sort of brain injury, I think see a a doctor. I think that's the first thing, preferably someone who's au fait with concussion management. Uh, Secondly, don't take any chances in terms of physical activity and Thirdly, just be careful about overstressing your brain in terms of work, computers, texting, that sort of thing. That's something we encourage people just to stay away from until they've been cleared by their doctor and they're ready to go back. And we've got a protocol that we put people through to determine when that time is because it can be different for every every individual
0: yeah concussion really is an interesting one and everything you've said does make sense those symptoms so some great advice there with concussion if you do find yourself in that situation going back and focusing more heavily on running of course we run talk sa podcast we've had comrades and uh just a couple of weeks ago fantastic race this year for south africa it's inspired so many people to uh, take up the race who have maybe thought they wouldn't in the past looking at injuries though from a specifically and post comrades what are some of the more common injuries that you tend to see after a comrades marathon every year
1: I'm going to start off by saying that obviously when I speak to people or I'm questioned by people about running it's often about the injuries and the medical issues now it's important we don't dwell only on the negative because overwhelmingly the exercise and the running is positive so I want to start off on a positive note by saying how many benefits there are to running, what a great running culture there is in this country, and no matter what one's ability, how one can enter the the world of running very gradually and gain the tremendous physical, social, and uh, relaxation benefits that running has to offer. So I think that's important that I preempt the discussion on injuries with with those positive comments because there's so many people that derive so much benefit from participating in running. In terms of our uh, injury profile that we see, we we see predominantly our injuries probably in the build-up to our peak running season and our peak running season from an endurance point of view would be the period from the Two Oceans Marathon through to uh, the Comrades Marathon and And then we probably have a little bit of a lull in the winter months and then it picks up towards the end of the year again. So I think our profile of injuries is really related uh, uh, to the calibre of runner and to the amount of training that takes place. And I think a nice way of looking at it is that there's actually only two things that can injure you, either uh, too much exercise or a body that is not prepared for that exercise. So we look at that in in, in those uh, from those points of view. In terms of the types of injuries we see, they are predominantly in, in our runners what we would call overuse injuries. In other words, they, the runner has been overexposed to the amount of exercise, in this case, the amount of running. And that can really affect any part of the body. So it can affect the bones, for instance, where we might get bone stress injuries, inflammatory conditions of the lining of the bones. It may affect muscles where we get strains, it may affect tendons where we get what we call tendinopathies or wear and tear injuries uh, of the tendons. So it can really affect a, a variety of, of areas. In terms of our approach to these, I think it's very important that anyone with pain or any injury that's affecting their running should aim to have have an accurate diagnosis made by someone who, who diagnoses and manages running injuries. I think without a diagnosis, it's really hit and miss in terms of how one treats that. So that's the first thing: is to make an accurate diagnosis. The second thing is to then intervene in that injury, and the, and and that would be by treating the specific injury and the various modalities or forms of treatment that we can use to uh, make sure that we we treat that injury appropriately. And then the very important third phase of our intervention is to address the causes. And as we sit here now in the cold months in the middle of June, that's really what we should be doing a lot of because people have come through uh, one or more than one significant endurance event. They may have had an injury uh, over the, the preceding six months, And now is the time, perhaps, as the season takes a little bit of a lull to address those causes, because it's no good going back into spring and summer, taking up your running, and you've got the same underlying issues which could have been prevented or addressed in the the previous three months. So as we sit here in June, we've really seen many of the injuries which have taken place as they present generally before these races, because people have have a keen interest in in getting themselves through the race getting that medal afterwards the mistake they often make is just to put their feet up and hope that everything recovers but that doesn't always take place if they're underlying medical uh, biochemical or biomechanical issues in involved in uh, the core causation of these injuries. And the same applies to your training approach. If your training approach was not as rational as it could be, then now's the time to think about it and not make the same mistakes next time.
0: Very interesting stuff, Doc. And uh, you talked a little bit about winter and this time of year. Do you find that there are any specific injuries that people tend to battle with in winter? I mean, people are training less, they are running less, they're definitely stretching less. And I know one of the things I battle with the most when I get periods of inactivity, is not that I'm not running or exercising, it's that I'm not stretching.
1: Yeah, I think that that conditioning and training aspect is is important. I, I don't necessarily think we see fewer injuries, but I also think it's because there's less participation um, at at this this time of the year. Uh, so. I, I think it, it is seasonal, and at this time of the year with uh, with less participants. I think if you have a look on the road, you don't see the runners out there as, as they were in the early mornings in October, November. So the, the profile of injury does change. Uh, what we do see now, I think, is uh, perhaps people cross-training a little bit, taking up some indoor activities. And one of the big trends at the moment is cross which I think from a theoretical point of view can be a fantastic form of conditioning in terms of both aerobic conditioning and strength conditioning but quite often people go into it a little bit too vigorously it is a vigorous activity and we're seeing a lot of uh, muscle strains, stress fractures and tendon injuries as a result of over vigorous CrossFit participation so that's a trend they might also take up other things like a, a, perhaps some uh, uh, indoor hockey or some six-a-side soccer Uh, just as an alternative in the off-season, and that brings with it uh, not so much the overuse injuries, but the sort of contact and collision-type injuries, the acute injuries as a result of change of direction, etc. So, yes, the injury profile does change. It's also our peak rugby season, our school winter season. So we see different types of injuries, Uh, whereas the peak running-type injury, I'd say, is sort of March to May.
0: Uh, Doc, very interesting you touched on that. I steer well clear of the indoor football and stuff. I've just seen too many cases, and if running is your forte, it's just it's not worth it. You're training for something. You can completely ruin that goal. Something I wanted to ask you about, Jimmy, mean, you talked about wear and tear industries, and one of the biggest ones is itb i've battled a little bit in the past and over the years i've been able to self-diagnose i know a lot of it comes from me from running too much on that right camber in the road the other one is if i'm trying to pick up my mileage too quickly and ironically the first time before i knew you on a professional basis when i heard of you in Johannesburg when everyone said if you battled with itb your name popped up they said go see john patricius john just explain a little bit more about itb what's the the real cause what should people look out for and the SNP and the you know 10 years ago people were very quick to have surgery and have that uh, have the itb uh, cut and i think that's uh, people have sort of or practitioners such as yourself have moved away from that and that really is now a last resort
1: yeah i think i think you quite right there. Uh, And and we probably didn't quite understand the biomechanics involved in ITB. Let's take a step backwards. ITB stands for iliotibial band. The ilium is the hip, the tibia is the shin bone. So if you run your hand down from the side of your hip, down the side of your thigh, to the outside of your knee, where you'll feel a little bump, it's the band that runs all the way down there. And typically, the iliotibial band, which is described as a friction or an inflammatory syndrome, results from that relatively tight band rubbing or pressing against a little bump on the outside of your knee that we call the lateral epicondyle. And if you think of the number of steps that a runner takes, uh, that band is going to rub against that uh, that little bony bump uh, thousands of times. So again, let's break it down into the the, the two types of, of exercise cause that we see because it applies equally to ITB and that is the intrinsic causes which come from within your body and the extrinsic causes which are causes from outside of the body the extrinsic causes are related primarily to the amount of training that you're doing so if you go from doing zero kilometers a week to doing uh, 50 60 100 in a quick time uh, period then you are likely to not give your body or band enough time to adapt to that friction that is occurring and then you might flare it up very quickly. So that's primarily the the, the cause from an extrinsic point of view. Other causes from outside of the body, interestingly enough, include the road camber and those that run the or, or driven even the Two Oceans route will know that there's quite a significant camber on parts of that route. And we often see people presenting with that as a result of having run that Two Oceans marathon and having their body thrown over to one side as a result of the steep camber in the road. And then incorrect footwear may also be uh, a cause of that. So that covers really the causes coming from outside of the body. Increasingly, we're recognizing that there are significant biomechanical issues related to one's own body and the way one runs uh, that might aggravate ITB. Now, you mentioned, mentioned stretching, and certainly having a tight iliotibial band might predispose to that. As may having weak muscles that insert into that band Predominantly the muscles at the top of the thigh The gluteal muscles which insert into the top part of that thigh And and are responsible for pulling the band outwards If those muscles are weak You're going to have less uh, pulling of the band away from the thigh And also those muscles are responsible for stabilizing the hip So you'll often have a collapse of the hip and a collapse of the thigh With every every part of the gait cycle and that results in the band compressing against the the side of the knee. So when a runner comes to me, it's very easy for me to take a syringe and uh, shove some cortisone into that inflamed area, and it will often have a dramatic effect. But it's unlikely to have a prolonged effect if we don't address those underlying issues, be they related to training, footwear, uh, where you run on the road, or the mechanics related to uh, how you are running. So I think that's where we've changed and we would be loath to opt for a a surgical approach if we hadn't tried all of those interventions first.
0: Doc, just before we, we let you go, I want to ask you a little bit off topic and go to a little bit of cycling. I know. I uh, mentioned a little bit earlier about your involvement with Team M- MTN Quebeca. I was involved in the very first training camp a couple of years ago when they became pro-continental. And I was in your office when you tested Louis Meinkees and diagnosed him with uh, a bit of asthma, which he never knew about. And Louis has grown from strength to strength. We saw him now finish in the top three on the stage at the Criterium du Dauphiné, which was fantastic. Do you think we're going to see one or two little surprises from MTN at the Tour de France?
1: I think we've already seen surprises in the build-up. And, and when I say surprises, I think people who've been involved with the team may not be as surprised as people who are looking from the outside because it's been a very systematic approach in the preparation of Team mtn Quebec. And that's largely due, due to the training um, from a medical colleague of mine, actually, Dr. Carol Austin, who's the team uh, head of performance. Uh, and she's taken a very scientific and professional approach to the preparation of these athletes. Combined with that, there's obviously some inherent ability in these athletes, and I think Louis Menkes has phenomenal ability. And when it comes to the the, the bigger races, although they're not novices, we might see certainly uh, him in, in some of the breakaways, some of our other run, uh, riders perhaps pushing on some of the mountain stages, um, perhaps competing for some of the lesser jerseys, I th- I think we might see a uh, team of MT in Quebec featuring on our television coverage a lot more than many people are expecting. Having said that, I think it's a it's a big task ahead. It is the first um African attempt at at, at Tour de France uh, and so it's a learning experience, but I will say that the riders have been very well prepared. They're highly motivated and I think coming out of uh Dauphine with Some of the successes we have, don't forget that we also won the King of the Mountains jersey in that, in that event is that there's a lot of confidence that's going to go with that now. But uh, again, uh, you know, an eight day event is very different to a 21 day event, a grand tour. So we're very excited and certainly looking forward to the riders getting to the start line. It's, it's, it's actually uh, an event of, of historical importance for cycling in South Africa.
0: It really is. Doc Patricius, thanks so much for your time. It's always interesting listening to you. If people ever want to hear more from the doc and have any injury related questions they'd like us to hit him with here on Run Talk SA, you're welcome to submit them through to us. And you can contact the doc directly through his uh, Morningside Sports Medicine Practice. But until next time, from myself, David Katz, uh, Mr. Active here on the Run Talk SA, stay true and keep running. It is winter, but There's never a day that goes by where there's not an opportunity to get out there and run on the roads of this beautiful country and anywhere in the world. Until next week, stay well.